Hi, everybody. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Tom Young. I'm sitting in here with uh, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Tom. Hey, so we uh, have some exciting news? We do. And what is that news? We have our first book coming out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so the book is called uh, Digital Labor, The Coming Demise of a White Collar Worker. And it talks about how digital technologies are disrupting our economy, our jobs, and the experiences that we have when we socialize. And so that's what the part of this podcast series is to talk about that. And uh, where can they get the book, Wendy? On our website, rumjog.com. And there's a promotional code if they type in... Experience. Experience. Actually, pretty much you can type in anything. <laughs> you get 20% off. <laughs> type in experience. We want to know who's listening to the show. We hope you like the book. We hope you like this show. And uh, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Experience This, a show about the emerging experience economy with your host, Tom Young. Great. Hey, this is Tom Young. Welcome to the show. Let's go around the room. Wendy Esvito. Sean. This is Karen. Great. Hey, thanks, guys. Say hey, today, you know, in our continuing conversation around experience this, we're going to talk about uh, this concept that's uh, kind of taken over some of the golf world called Top Golf. And Top Golf is a new golf experience. Uh, if you haven't done it, think of it like uh, golf driving range meets bowling. Um, but it's yeah. a little more hipper than that. And even bowling alleys are changing, but Top Golf is really changing uh, the whole driving range business and changing the whole paradigm of what golf is. So, now we did an event there last year, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And you think I've been there about two or three times? It's it's every time I go, it's jam packed. It was my first time there, actually. I had yeah. heard about it because I, I think it's been around for a bit, but that was my first time going. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Did you, when you, was that your first time was, there? Yep. It was my first time. Now, did everybody have fun? I assume you guys, it was a lot of fun, right? There's tons, tons of drinking, fun, yeah. food. Now, if you don't know what it is, uh, and we have uh, in the background, we'll, we'll, th we'll throw in some videos up from their pr promotional videos from their website. But think of it as a, it's a driving range. The golf balls are automatically fed out to the mat, and there's an automatic scoring system. So the balls have... RFID or radio frequency ID tags to them. So when you hit the balls, they tr they track the balls on where they're going, and there are uh, targets all around the driving range. So you play for competition for points. So you can play for accuracy, for distance, for uh, trick shots, all kinds of different things. And it, and it keeps score like bowling, right? So you have you, know, you can have ten rounds, just like ten frames, and it's uh it's a lot of fun. Really good for group. I mean, I think it's set up primarily for groups. I don't. Do people go? Do you have you ever gone by yourself? Like, is no. it a driving range? It's not that, and a entertainment, a group entertainment. Thing, I think right? you know, if you're a golf aficionado, it's not that. I mean, you, I guess you could go there and and just to hit balls. It's more on. It's it's probably more expensive than going to a regular range, but it's it's more of a social thing. When I've been there. It's been packed. I mean, there's just lots and lots of people. And we read, Karen, you showed us that Forbes article. Yeah. 51% of the people aren't golfers who go there. Which so. I thought was phenomenal. They basically were saying that, uh, especially with millennials, a lot of millennials aren't really into golf. I mean, I think the perception, and the article talks about it too, is that golf historically has been... Um, you know, branded with an older crowd that has money, probably retired, and yet, fifty-one percent of the people that go to Top Golf um, don't fit that demographic, and they're not traditional golfers. 
So it's cool. They're actually catering to beginners probably all the way up to advanced golfers who go there for fun. Right. Well, I think part of the issue is just this this issue we see growing. People don't want to spend the time. If you're going to go play around the golf, it's door-to-door is a, probably a six-hour investment um, in terms of getting there, playing four-plus hours, uh, everything. It's probably a six-hour, and that's a lot of time. Yeah. So. Their owners actually like their reasoning for creating this was uh, the time factor for golf and the – lackluster driving range issues so there aren't that many great driving ranges um so they they wanted to solve it and they just use that new microchip technology to track the balls yeah. and just put it all together so wendy when you interacted with them we did a party last year mm-hmm. it was pretty good right yeah, yeah i thought so i thought they were um didn't they have like a catering uh manager there mm-hmm. and like uh, for parties uh, they actually catered to that they did um you can pretty much go on the website though and Set your group, um, how many people, your party size, um, age ranges. They follow up with you and give you suggestions. I mean, you're not going to do the same for a corporate event as you would for a kid's party. Yeah. Say. yeah. But it it really reaches. It's good. Um, it's a good time out with young and old kids. Mm-hmm. So it's good for families. Yeah. Um, and good for corporate outings. And, and I really... think um, they are really prizing themselves on being at the forefront of customer service and building customer experiences. A uh, really cool story uh, also from that Forbes article was, um, and it just goes to show what level of personal detail they give their guests. There was a 11-year-old girl who had her birthday party there, and they brought out some guacamole, and the guac had too much stuff in it stuff that she didn't like. So usually most restaurants would probably give you a refund or try to replace it. But at Top Golf, the chef himself came out and chatted with the 11-year-old girl and talked to her about things that he liked and made her a simpler version of the guacamole. I mean, I, th- I was like, wow, oh, it's pretty... pretty cool. I don't know that's if they do great. that all the time, but it's it's really good that they... Especially for how crazy that place is to, to do that. It's, it it's really outrageous. good, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was a... Uh, so, so uh, a couple of my cousins are golf pros, and uh, family is very into golf and has been my whole life, right? So, uh, and my cousin, one of my cousins is a pro at my, actually my parents' club in, in Virginia Beach. And then another one, my cousin Rob, uh, is a part owner of a golf resort in Jupiter, Florida. Mm-hmm. And so I get, a, I get to see the business side of this as well. And I also, being on the town council here, or township committee, I get to see some of the, the, the business side of local businesses around golf and the investment in real estate and the cost of maintaining and operating, et cetera. But um, there was an article that came out or a research that came out last year that said the number of golfers, uh, who, who can, and I'm not exactly sure how they categorize it, but it's an interesting study because I'm sure they had a consistency in the definition. But the number of golfers in 2002 was 30 million people. In 2016, it was 209 Wow. So it's a it's a major drop, and yeah. you see it's a demographic shift, and I think it has a lot to do with time. People don't want to spend the kind of time, and there's too many competing issues uh, for time. So Top Golf is going in the other direction. It's exploding in popularity. They're building them all over the place, and it's actually changing. And the fact that 51% of the people who go there aren't golfers is great for the golf industry. Yeah, it is. 
It, the the top golf locations are all very massive. I mean, these are hugely capital intensive. There's setups. 54 of them, by the way, now. Yeah. In the U.S. There's 54 altogether in the world. There's 50 in the U.S., three in UK, and one in Australia. And they're growing. Wow. Right. Well, you said they're capital intensive. They're not for the amount of business they do. They're not that capital intensive. I think it said somewhere uh, it costs like 18 million per startup, location. Per location startup, but they make like 25 a year. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So it's it's more about how how can they they don't want to oversaturate the market. They're in, exactly. mostly in major markets. Yep. Uh, but it is it's a it's a fun thing to do. Now the issue is, you know, it, it's driving a resurgence in interest in golf. Like I, I took my daughter to Top Golf, and uh, now she's a little more into golf now. So she wants to go to the driving range. I think we're playing this weekend for Father's Day. We're gonna go out and play uh, on a regular course. And uh, she's 15, so she it'll be interesting to see if she keeps it up. But I thought it was very, you know, it's it, it, being coming from a golf family. It was very interesting to see how many people you typically don't see in a golf uh, environment at Top Golf having a good time. It was to me, it was more like bowling than yeah, it was well, golf. Yeah. I think they yeah. make it less intimidating for first-time golfers. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, people who've never golfed before that are not used to going on a golf course and it's a little bit more fun because it is kind of like a driving range but it has it has atmosphere it has restaurants it has a bar plus it has games where it's like a lot of it's luck too so yes it's yeah. a little bit of a a little easier on beginners yeah well a lot of driving ranges are not that nice no yeah that's or if they're just... really nice they're typically attached to a golf club which is not inviting mm-hmm. right so my cousin's club in jupiter he has a beautiful driving range, and it has two sets of tees facing each other, and they're set apart by about 300 yards. So the, you have the, the, the main ones from the main clubhouse shooting out, and then in the back tees, the pros go back there, and, uh, and instructors go back and give lessons hitting the other way. And there's another technology coming out. So these the Topgolf uses the RFID, which is a radio frequency ID chips inside the ball, so they're able to locate where it's at. But there's a, another technology, and you'll see it on TV today in the major tournaments. So I think uh, the U.S. Open is this weekend. I, I don't know. Starts today. Sure. Not at oh, the no, golf yeah, tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow. The U.S. Open oh. starts yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so the, you'll see if people watch the major tournaments, they watch the Masters. There's this uh, top tracer, which the, they, they'll place a, um, some lasers, and they'll track the ball, and they'll show the arc of the ball. And where it goes and, and the speed, the height. Well, now they're going to start to add that to competitors to Top Golf. And like my cousin's range, they're going to put that kind of stuff in there as part of the instruction. And what ends up happening is you can charge quite a premium for these things, and it, it's quite lucrative. So now is that saying that you basically are getting a lesson while you're there? Is that what it's, or well, is it just if you're already good, you care about the arc and want to know? How it's track, how the ball's tracking. All right, so think of an old school driving range where I just show up and I have a bucket of balls and I tee them, I just whack them and hit them. And uh, now you can get like you, we have up on the screen, you can see the the arcs. You can see you can have a contest: who can hit the ball the highest, who can mm-hmm. hit the farthest, who can hit the highest spin rate, who can hit all kinds of interesting stuff. Well, they do offer lessons too, so yeah. this could be used for that as well. All kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean. Top Tracer is great if you're like an advanced golfer and you're trying to learn how to hit different shaped shots and things like that. But as I think of the Top Golf, it's more uh, anytime you can provide that informational feedback so you can score it and turn it into a game and take this notion that I've got to spend six hours 
I have to be really because here's the other thing: if you're not a good golfer, you really can't go on a course. That's we, yeah. That's why that's, it's yeah. so challenging for beginners. Like yeah. I, I'm afraid to even start. I've never been golfing before, and I, I don't even know how to start. You, you, you once was enough, and you need yeah. to keep it moving. I, I would, I would be <laughs> did terrible. Did you play, Wendy? Yes. Well, and where did you play? <laughs> Basking Ridge at the Basking Ridge Golf, and, yes. and how was that? You picked up the ball a lot. No, I mean it was it was a fun. I've actually played twice. Um, the other one is a golf course in um, oh, it's in South Jersey near Colts Neck. Don't in that say area. Cherry Hill. No, 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 not that far south. <laughs> I don't know. Not that I was going to say south. Pine Valley. If you said um, Pine Valley, it's like the hardest course in the world to get on. Um, and you know. It, you, if you stink, people get frustrated because they're waiting behind you. So are people just hovering behind you, waiting for you to get the ball into the hole and move on? Sometimes, yeah. Unless well, they're that's kind of intimidating. No, unless they're having cocktails and um, it's it's not as intimidating as someone heckling you while you're doing it, but they're heckling you silently and you know it. Mm -hmm. They're so judging you. It's uh, it's extremely. <laughs> they are. Oh, absolutely judging. Yeah, of course. And with with a level of contempt. Yeah. So, uh, so you're playing, and you know, imagine you've got a a par four, four hundred yards. You hit the ball, and if you're not a good golfer, you're gonna take 16, 10, 12, yeah, twenty 15, shots, yeah, yeah, and you're gonna be you're gonna whiff three or four times or more. <laughs> this is why no one golfs. That's yeah. exactly, exactly right. right. You have to yeah. like practice in your backyard right. until you're good enough. You have to get lessons to start. Right, you but yeah, so which, which is a barrier, which is why thirty million became twenty million, mm -hmm. and why Top Golf just allowed, hey, just go hit it, and if you whiff, who cares? Yeah, have yeah. a drink. Yeah. Eat some more guacamole that was custom made <laughs> yeah. by the chef. It's almost like the um, Planet Fitness No Judgment Zone. They've adopted that motto. Because yeah. you know Planet yeah. Fitness has that for the gyms, right? Yeah. But, so is that changing on the golf course? Uh, yeah. So like this past year, the USGA passed a rule to help speed up play, which is don't take the pin out. So people used to get on the green and then take the pin out. And there's a whole route, there's a whole protocol about putting and who's furthest away, don't step on anyone's line. It's a, there's a there's a lot of a lot of rules that I take for granted because I've been playing my whole life, but I, I I go with people who are first timers and and I'm like ooh man it's 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 like uh, they don't they don't get it and I'm, I I understand they don't get it I don't but it's it's very intimidating if you haven't played yep and uh, and I can see why people just don't bother there's too many competing alternatives yeah, it's yeah. like it's exactly. way too technical to, and you know you got to <laughs> so. If you go to Top Golf and you have a good time, you hit the ball and you're able to make contact on a regular and do that stuff, then then so it's like this weekend, uh, I'm taking I got my three kids and it's Father's Day, and we're gonna go play nine holes in the Shanick here, uh, and they have what's called an academy course. So it's a county course. They have 27 holes of regular, and this is a good course. Like uh, they do USGA tournaments there. The U.S. Women's Amateur was there. It's a really nice course. They have 27 real regular holes. And then they have nine holes that's called the Academy Course, which is really for beginners. So it's designed for people who've never played before, mm -hmm. but it's maintained to the same level as the regular course. I think you should take Karen and I All right. to a course on a busy Sunday morning for like a 7 a.m. <laughs> tee off. And I think the team... So Jordan will come. Jordan will will videotape the whole thing, and we'll we'll. So here's what we'll do. We'll see if we're all back Monday morning working for you. No, we'll we'll actually go one weekday morning this summer. We'll just go do it, and 
it's it's uh, they price it so it's it's like fifteen dollars a plate. It's not that much, and it's really designed. It's it's short. It's a short holes, but it's maintained to the regular standard of a golf course. So you get a sense of what it, the feel like, and it's for learners. So you go out there, and you should expect people out there who don't know how to play. So they lowered that intimidation bar. So. My youngest daughter's 15 today. It's her birthday. She, we're going to Top Golf tonight, which is why we're doing this show, and uh, we uh, we'll play this Sunday, and it'll be the first time. Now I've taken her to the range a few times, and she uh, she struggled. I mean, she wanted to hold the the ball like uh, the club like a hockey stick and hold keep her hands apart. I'm like, no, that's not the way it works, and that's what she was comfortable with. I'm like, well, then you can't play, you know. <laughs> And uh, it's not Happy Gilmore. Have <laughs> you ever seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but th- then, then I took her and her friends to Pitch and Putt. Now, you guys are familiar with Pitch and so, Putt? Uh, no. no. Wait. I, no, wait. Really? You never heard of Pitch and Putt? No, I think you're using a term, Pitch and Putt, but it's kind of. No, uh, no, it's a thing. No. Pitch and Putt? Um, mini, yeah. mini golf. Mini golf. Mini golf. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. It's Pitch and Putt. Is that what you're trying to describe? Are you saying mini golf? <laughs> Is pitch, what's your no. definition of pitch and putt? It's mini golf. It's, it's, a mini, no. it's mini golf. No. Okay. I'm going to describe mini golf. <laughs> oh, boy. Karen's going to type in the term pitch and putt and see what shows up. It's not a made-up thing. It's not an inside golf term. I hope it's not. Anyway, mini golf is is like arcade-style <laughs> putting and these crazy things. You putt through a windmill. You hit into a whale's mouth. It comes out the blowhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All yeah. kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, when I was a kid, my uncle... The, the the father of the two golf pros, he owned a, a ran a miniature golf uh, a place, and so we played as kids all the time, and you know we and we were we got re- be really good at it. So mm-hmm. like when they opened up a miniature golf course here in town, I I played in the tournament to open it up and won the tournament. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But we learned how to play miniature golf. There's a whole technique to it. There's a actually a miniature golf pro, but pitch and putt. You have it up there. What it, pitch and putt is short par threes. In a short, small layout, the holes are 50 to 100 yards, and you go with two clubs, a pitching wedge and a putter. And you just carry the two clubs around, and you hit the ball, and it's for really beginners. It's supposed to be fun. It was actually invented in Ireland. Yeah. Pitch and putt? Yeah. Yeah, so Wendy's looking up on her iPhone, <laughs> violating our podcast rules. <laughs> um, the rules okay. don't apply to you, Wendy. So. <laughs> No offense. Uh, so, so anyway, pitch and putt is f- we, I, that was been around when I was a kid, and we, and we did a lot. Of th- that was a lot of fun, and they do it at night too. You can put lights out because it's a small layout, and people play at night. It's a lot of fun, but it's uh, the academy course takes pitch and putt halfway through the course, and then the, the, then we have a regular course. So. so, so growing up, was there ever um, like kind of what Top Golf has done? Were, were there any? Inklings of that yeah, type of setup. Yeah, it was called bowling. <laughs> no, that's true. I, I think that's right. That's what it reminds. It reminds me of bowling meets meets the driving range. And uh, well, bowling alleys have have taken it to the next level too. So I know local bowling lanes. They definitely offer music and change entertainment the lights, and change the lighting. Lights, oh, there's one that opened up in at Rutgers. Like really? right near uh, our school, and they changed. It's like a nightclub at night. Yeah. yeah. So the yeah. one in the city. Yeah. Because the two big ones, Lucky Strike, yeah, is a full blown nightclub at night. A red carpet and ropes, yeah. and you have to wait outside. And girls are in high heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's and they're too much. and they're bowling. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. They're, you're dressed up as if you're going to a club. There's a club aspect to it. And then there's lanes. But it's very fancy, upscale cocktails. Now that's bowling. an experience. Yeah. I mean, that's a, they've taken yeah. bowling to the next level with the city vibe. They just transitioned no, no, the bowling but, thing to But to you know, what, they're, what they're doing is they're putting a social element mm-hmm. to it and they're, lo- they're and, and making it more fun. I mean, it's yeah. not just the – people aren't just going to bowl. They're going to hang out and they happen to be bowling. Yeah. People aren't going to golf. They're going to top golf to hang out and have fun, and they happen. They're to going hit to golf drink. Balls. They're going to eat. They're going to play, socialize. Right. All of it. Yeah. All of those things, and and it's we look. We all went last year. It was fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it I, was a lot more fun than bury the hatchet. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. that's let, another. So, let, yeah. let, let's, so let's compare. We did two events, kind of back to back. We did top golf and then bury the hatchet, which is th- hatchet throwing. Yeah, or axe throwing. Axe throwing. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that. It was fun for about an hour, half an hour. It was, to me, it was fun for seven minutes. It, well, it's just oh. very repetitive. Well, I mean, I mean, golf is and, Yeah. You know what? I think they lacked the, uh, ambiance. The, the rest of the stuff. It yeah. wasn't like we didn't have drinks. We didn't have food. It was BYOB. Yeah. And it was no food. It was just in a warehouse. Yeah. And I'm thinking, are we really throwing axes and drinking? Yeah. It's like skeet shooting with whiskey. I mean, I just I, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, that's the thing. There's there's like this whole dangerous element to axe throwing. People enjoy that though. I guess yeah. I just I, I personally didn't like the axe throwing. The, the top golf is uh, again very popular. I'll take some pictures tonight, and we'll maybe throw those into the uh, production notes. Go- golf actually reminds me so much of skiing. It's one of those where like, if you don't do it when you're young. It's like so hard to transition into when you're older, you know. Like for I started skiing just a couple of years ago, maybe like two or three years ago, and it was so hard because it's so embarrassing as like a as like a full adult to be going down like mini mountains or like really just blues and just like tumbling and looking so dumb, you know. But and <laughs> it's oh, there's also a huge sale? yeah, there's a huge burden <laughs> to get in. Like I had to buy spend like God know how much seven hundred eight hundred dollars on skis and and all the the gear and everything plus lift tickets and all of that. So it's like very, it's like so many reasons just not to jump into it when you're older, which I think is golf is the same reason which why I never, I've never gone golfing. It just feels like such a, I have to buy all these clubs and then I have to get lessons or something because I'm going to look really dumb first time I go with my friends. I don't want to hold them back. And thinking of the social aspect, so skiing to me in the States is a little bit isolated. You're kind of just going down the runs by yourself. But in Europe, they do operate ski. And so you're basically... What's that mean? So opera ski involves drinking. So you basically go down um, a slope. Like a pub crawl. Yeah, while you're on the mountain. Mm. So yeah. halfway down, they'll have a bar. And then they bring in, um, like the ones in Switzerland and Austria, they bring in world-renowned DJs. And they're spinning in the middle of the day. And everyone's having a party. You stay, you stay there for a couple hours. And then you ski down the rest of the mountain. And then you party at the base of the mountain. So it's much more interactive and social than just going up and down the mountain on runs. Yeah, when I, I went to Austria skiing and uh, went to Kitzbühel. And I remember there being a couple places where we could stop and have beers along the way. And that was that was that was fun, but I'm not much of a skier. But I know what you're saying. It's the same thing. If yeah, you know, uh, I never want to go on anything other than a blue. Yeah, and I'm like, all these people want to go down these double black diamonds. Say, have fun. I'll meet you at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's too much. 
It's also it, a problem when you're if you have like friends that are really good. You never want to be holding them back. And, well, you really can't. So that's the thing. If you, if you are if you have an expert skier friend and you're a blue a person like you or me, yeah, uh, you can go to the event, but you can't participate together. Exactly. You just can't. You can't. Yeah. And uh, you can't participate. So golf has the ability to handicap the system, and you can play a good player can play a bad player or an average player. But you have to have a base level of proficiency just to participate. Exactly. Yeah. So tennis is another one where if I'm really good, I can't play with somebody who stinks. Yeah. It's just not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right? For both people. For both people. Yeah. Right? Someone's hitting heaters in at 120 <laughs> miles an hour. You're like, what was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a mosquito just flew by. No, that was a tennis ball, and you're down 15 loves. Yeah. <laughs> when did you play tennis? I used to. Really? Were you good? No. I hated it. I hated it. All right. Well, it wasn't my favorite sport. I used to play, but I used to play with people of the same caliber. And uh, my friends were, none of us were really any good. We were just having fun hitting the ball around. It's always the most fun in any sport when you're playing. It was because of those people that you played with that would just shoot the ball at you and you thought it was a mosquito that you're like, yep, that's it. I'm out. Yeah. So, how was it for you? Because you're a pretty good golfer. Yeah. I would say you're above average. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> far far above, way, above, way average. above average. Yeah. So how was it for you to be at Top Golf with cuz there was quite a few beginners? Irritating. Uh, no, no, no. It was just fun. <laughs> I, I was more I was more drinking in the whole thing and seeing what was happening and I, I was I, I mean, I'm I'm a little freakish in the way. I was looking around at the business model, where are they making money? They had a gift shop, a, a pro shop where they sold gear. They had a restaurant and a bar. Um I was looking at how they were set up for everything. Uh, and then I was also trying to understand the, how their, their setup was. And I was frustrated that, it, you know, the, the balls had about, at least when we were playing, maybe a 10 to 15% failure rate. Yeah, I remember that. And if you're playing for money, which, which <laughs> would make it a hell of a lot more fun, mm-hmm. is to play for money, you can't, uh, you can't rely on You need it 100%. What do you mean? That, what was failing? Remember the distance? No, you'd hit the balls and they just wouldn't register. Yeah, they wouldn't calculate. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I hit, like there's one you, you hit him into the fence, you get eight points and whatever it was, and I was hitting right into the fence. I saw it go in, and it's like it, nothing, zero. I'm like, the ball's not working. This didn't register. And so, if you're playing for money, that was a problem. But I, I to me, I, I, it's it's not meant for expert golfers. It's to have fun and get out there. And I like it because it makes it accessible. Yeah, and and the other thing I like it is because my two daughters now want to play more. Like Sarah's twenty four, she just bought her first set of clubs. She bought them and they're sitting in the the foyer. She might bring them out tonight. And how many times has she played? They're still in the box, but <laughs> uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. She's going to use them tonight, and her and her sister hopefully will share those clubs when they hit the ball tonight. And uh, TJ's going, and uh, uh, Vicky, and it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. It's a lot better than, um, I, I mean, historically, people used to ha- have to be a member of a golf club. And those membership fees, from what I heard, are absolutely exorbitant. Well, and- so like right down the road here is uh, Trump National, you know, where he did, a, you know, is one of his clubs here in Bedminster. When they opened up, it was $250,000 initiation fee, non-refundable. Oh and then it cost, I think, about $30,000 a year in, in dues. And now it's down to one fifty, dollars $150,000. No comment. <laughs> right, well, I'm just saying it's a lot of money. Yeah, uh, ton. So, uh, uh, no, that's at one end of the spectrum. That's probably one of the most expensive ones. There are ones that are, it doesn't matter what the expenses, you just can't get in. 
So like my, my parents' club in Virginia Beach is more one of the more popular ones down there. They're probably thirty, forty thousand dollars to get in. So long. And then you and then you have to pay I would say six, seven hundred bucks a month. It's not it, it, for it's, what? Just dues. Like typically it's a food minimum. Mm. So they bill you a minimum and if you can use it or lose it, meaning that if you have a if your bar bill and your food bill is nine hundred, you get no. That's you just pay that. But if you don't do anything that month, you owe the minimum because they got to keep the cash flow for the club going. So okay, the local club sense. local club here, uh, where Frank on our team is a member, it's they're not doing well, uh, largely because of this this collapse in golfers. They're probably charging twenty thousand dollars to get in. Um, it's not that expensive if if it's a big part of your life, like my parents. Uh, the club is a huge part of their life, right? And the expense in that sense is incidental. Plus, they joined the club thirty years ago, and they paid whatever it was twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars back then. It's just that's what they paid. It's equivalent to maybe a timeshare or two. Yeah, it, it's actually it's good for them though. It's healthy for them to yeah. get well, it's out a, there. It's a huge part of their life. I mean, social... their friends come from there. They mm-hmm. they yeah. hang out there. It's it's it is eighty percent of their social life comes from that club. It has a swimming pool, tennis, yacht clubs. There's uh, a lot of fun that they, like I, we go there and they'll have a Friday night cookout at the yacht club and, you, and they set up tents around the yachts and they have cookout and uh, and I think they charge per head like whatever is twelve dollars fifteen dollars a head and just all you can eat barbecue it's great hmm. and it's a fun atmosphere to be there people know each other it's a safe place it's fun yeah they're really maximizing the use of the amenities which is probably then because it, it's kind of like paying a price tag to live at a full service apartment building in yeah. Manhattan. But this but anyway we <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about top golf but we, I want to go back to our original principles here. The, the it seems that the the products and services that are going to start doing well even in the face of secular declines in the base thing. Like golf is in secular decline. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. down 33% in the last 12, 15 years in terms of participation. But when you're able to introduce a social element to a product or a service and combine things like other things like drink and mm-hmm. food and other types of experiences with that, uh, the market is there for that. Plus lower the barrier of entry. Lower the barrier of entry and make it make it of easily accessible and democratize it essentially. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities there. Definitely. So... We'll have to look for this and think about what are some other products and services that don't have a good good access. Tennis may be one of the ones that's that's next. How can they take social and uh, make a tennis more accessible to people? I don't want to speculate here, but there's other things that are going to take this social Hostels dynamic. for accommodations. Right. They're well, coming. They're yeah. coming to the states. Coming here, yeah, yeah. Sean's a big advocate of hostels. I think that was a good plug for hostels. I just figured I'd get one in there. But it also, (laughs) Karen gets to what you and I talk about is the exploring communal living. Yeah, right. That's essentially what they're kind of doing in some ways. Um, So I, I I think that's a a new way to travel. So rather than travel for luxury and privacy, it's uh, travel for uh, a social diversity from your base life yep mm-hmm. right so i get that that'll be something we'll talk about in the future sean maybe for another show you could research uh 
what's going on with hostels in America because yeah. it's really a European. Thing. My friend is on yeah. on the board of directors for a hostel company here, so I could okay. I could have him. That'd be great. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's wonderful. I'll take pictures tonight. Awesome. awesome. Let us know right, how it thanks. is. All right. See thanks. you, everybody. See right, bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Karen, I think you were supposed to say that. Yeah, thanks. I'll take it from here. All right. Well, we got to do the, this is the new Outcast. Oh, the out- outro. The outro. The, I think Outcast is a new word. All okay. right. Outro. We're doing a new outro. We got to cover a few things. All right. One is what? Subscription. Do you subscribe to We want people to subscribe to this, not just listen to it occasionally. Okay. Yeah. Check the us out. The second thing is. Nothing's better than what? A five-star rating. Always five stars. Got to give us the five stars because we get better search outcomes. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is comments. We need those. Yeah, we, we need your feedback. We want to know what people are thinking. So you can check us out. The best way to do it, if you're not sure, some people don't know how to do it. Go to our website. You can check it out. We'll have a full set of instructions. Uh, so whatever app you're using. Most people use, what do you use? Uh, I use Spotify. You do? Yeah. So we have Spotify, we have iTunes, uh, YouTube, there's a whole bunch. Of, whatever you use, we have it. And if, and if we don't have it, let us know and we'll try to figure out how to get it. We can send you a paper-based instruction. <laughs> actually, actually, we do have paper-based instructions, even though that's a fun inside joke to our team. So anyway, yep. thanks for listening and check us out uh, in our next shows. Thanks. See ya.